What's shaking, cats and kittens? Thank you for supporting my podcast and my sustaining partners. I want to tell you about one of them right now, Charmington Holistics. Do you know what an apothecary is? Well, an apothecary makes and provides medicines. Charmington Holistics specializes in all natural herbal remedies and is an apothecary. So, what's ailing you? Can't sleep? Got a stomach ache? Got the blues? Well, head on over to Charmington Holistics where you can find herbal support for anything you need. A personal blended tea, herbal tonic, and supplements can offer you an alternative to that Advil bottle while an in-house herbalist listens to your needs as well. Charmington Holistics is your source for all things herbal. Head on over to 425 South Conklin Street in Highland Town or visit Charmington Holistics on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. And Charmington Holistics is open 12 to 5 on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Head on over, check them out, tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, my guest is an indigenous visual artist, professional writer, and curator from Portland, Oregon. Please welcome Steph Littlebird. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Rob. I'm so excited to be here. I am excited to have you here. Um, first off, I, I, I dig your work. I'm sure people say, I love your work, but it's like, I really, coming from me, I really mean it. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, totally. Absolutely. So for, for those who are undipped, uninitiated, could you describe your work and, and why you chose to go into the, the discipline that you're in? Oh, man. Uh, so my art is very much rooted in my identity as an Indigenous person. And much of the work that I make uh, sort of revolves around um, Indigenous people and our, you know, sort of unique experience on this earth. Um, but I also do a lot of like environmental work. So um, I collaborate with other folks. Like last year, I was um, a fellow for NOAA Fisheries, uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. So uh, done some really cool work with science and um, all kinds of stuff. But um, what led me to art is that I was, I think, born an artist. And, um, you know, my early, earliest memories are of art. And it's just always been um, a sort of stable thing in my life that I could go to that made me feel good about myself and also like allowed me to sort of safely express my ideas. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, lucky I found that outlet ultimately. And um, I'm glad that I'm an artist and not wherever else I could have been in this world. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so what are what are some of the challenges and what are some of the most rewarding um, qualities of working within the art that you're working in, in the visual mediums, even in your writing? What are some of those challenges that 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 your work poses? And like, what are what are some of those rewarding things? I mean, obviously, having a voice would be, you know, putting your voice out there would be one. But uh, challenges and rewards. Tell me about those. Uh, you know, um, challenges are. Um unique in that um, the work I do is representing not only myself, but a, a community of people, a very diverse community of people. And so um, keeping that in mind whenever I make work uh, in collaboration with companies or, you know, brands, those sorts of things, like making choices that are respected, uh, respecting my identity and my heritage and my ancestry, um, not working with brands that don't support Indigenous causes, um, you know, things like that. Those those are good pros and cons, like sure. learning to set those boundaries and um, make choices that reflect my ethics, which not all artists really have to think about. You know, um, a lot of artists aren't making cultural work, so they don't have to like think deeply about 
um, getting, you know, criticized by a community of people. And so um, there's a lot of intentionality that goes into my work, whether it's visual or written work. A lot of my writing is um, much more like um, <clears throat> direct record of indigenous experience type writing it's not like you know fiction or something it's right. very much like interviews with indigenous people and them telling their stories so it's really for me like um a trick of being one feeling a great deal of responsibility to represent my community um respectfully artfully um elegantly uh articulately but also um <laughs> to like be myself and all of those things and um you know uh somehow find a place for myself and also amongst that community so um it's a balancing act all the time but i feel uh really blessed to be able to create work that i do and um be able to share those stories with people so uh it's a blessing as much as it is a responsibility yeah it, it sounds rewarding it sounds like when you're representing a, a group of people, whether it be a community in terms of regionality or a community in terms of like background and such, it's it's kind of one of those you're damned if you do, damned if you don't sort of thing sometimes. And it's like, well, you messed up. So everyone as a part of that community by extension is messed up. And that, that has to be like just really something. And you almost want to like pull back the curtain sometimes and like, I'm not going to be respectful. You guys are assholes <laughs> or whoever that, that's, you know, having that that kind of commentary on it because you know, in, from a regional standpoint, right? Like I'm in Baltimore and you know, oh, well, if you have a human response, right, the thing that unifies and connects all of us, mm. then somehow you're representative of this very dangerous, scary place with scary people. And, you know, that that thing can be a be a challenge being having that level of responsibility and kind of knowing the way that things work. And I imagine that's something that you go into any anything that you're doing and like, yeah, I know how this works. Yes, um, now I would say um, it's, you know, it's something um, intentionality is a skill set that you sort of develop over many times of failing and uh, maybe not making the perfect decisions or whatever. And so, um, you know, and I probably will fuck up again in this in the future, but um, ultimately, uh, you know, um, it's a, a huge responsibility, but it's also like I feel very privileged to be doing this work because Native people have been sort of shut out of the fine arts world more broadly f yeah. since its inception, essentially. So um, to be working in the fine art arts world um, is a privilege that I use very intentionally and, and even, you know, continues to be finer tuned because uh, uh, it's generally just a lot of rich white people in that, in that community. And so uh, I, I'm having to deal with like, as you know, I'm sure, um, you know, like microaggressions constantly that um, you can't really explain to anyone if they're not really familiar with your own culture or community. And so there's a lot of things that are going on and um, nothing is ever perfect, but I, I move confidently because I know that my ancestors ultimately instilled in me values that have got me this far. And so that's how I, that's how I look at it now, you know, is that I got this far because um, I have some level of values <laughs> that enabled me to do that. So, <laughs> I mean, that was much more eloquent than my approach. I just kind of like, I'm 6'4", like 300 pounds. So I just walk up like, what's up, man? Uh, so I'm the guy you was talking to, you was talking that bullshit to. 
what's good <laughs> so sometimes but, i want to do that but <laughs> so about those grants <laughs> Oh man, you know, um, the, the it's hard. Sometimes you have to walk away from opportunities because you realize that um, the people that are offering that opportunity to you aren't actually in alignment. And um, and sensing that alignment can sometimes be difficult, especially if you haven't spent a lot of time with people. Um, but I have learned this as being someone who's like in demand as an artist currently. Mm -hmm. um, I'm getting a lot of opportunities and having to say no a lot, um, which is like not something that artists have to do a lot. Usually we're like, yeah, I'll take every job I can get because yeah. we're all poor, you know? Um, and so <laughs> I feel lucky that I'm, I'm having to learn how to say no and also learning to discern yeah. um, the opportunities that are right. That, that's that's a big thing, um, especially when you're you're responsible. And, I, and again, I I think I connect with it um, that that idea, that notion, and that desire to kind of work with people that match what your values are. And you know, charismatic black guy. Oh well, we can get ourselves over. We can look like we're down. We can look like we're in the, the uh, zone and in the know. So let's use him as the face for it. You know, that's that's a thing that'll happen. And kind of what you were touching on, being in demand, and. You know, the unique spot I'm in, I have enough crossover appeal that I can talk to anyone. I can talk to indigenous women out there in, in Portland. I can, you know, talk to people that are here that are, you know, doing the hood stuff. And it could be whoever and have a real, honest, genuine conversation. And authenticity and being tapped in out of, nat like, that's naturally baked in. You can't buy that. You can't make that. So mm -hmm. it, it somehow has a dollar amount attached to it. And then... You know, taking advantage of, as you kind of said before, this is for rich white people that, oh, you're broke, right? So here, here's some money. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll you'll take it because you want the opportunity, mm -hmm. right? You know, because we're historically excluded from opportunities as well. And so then we're, um, you know, in a way hungry for those things. Um, but actually, they can be really harmful if you accept those um projects sometimes and so <laughs> being that's something that important. not everyone has to navigate you know <laughs> yeah absolutely being discerning is, an, is important speaking of which and this just maybe ties to it who who do you partner with to achieve like creative goals um is there a network or or what is that network of people if, if you have one what does that look like is it more of a formal thing is it an agreement is it something that's fluid or organic what does that look like for you um, I feel really lucky to be an artist because it sort of comes um, for many of us with like a built in core network of people, especially if you go to art school or whatever. It's basically like four years of trauma and indoctrination. And so the people that you survive it with, you will forever be connected to. And so <laughs> after surviving that, um, the people that I made it through that experience with, like we share opportunities with each other all of the time. And if I think of, you know, an opportunity that wouldn't be right for me or my work, but would be right for somebody that I know, like I'm sending them that because that's like what we do as artists is like try to lift each other up. And um, that's also true of my native community. So I'm in frequent contact with a group of um, native makers specifically from my tribes. And so um, we connect on a biweekly basis and talk about whatever we're doing and share our poems or our work and do all kinds of stuff together um, that sort of like supports our own like 
processes as indigenous people working in a world that don't necessarily like understand us culturally. And so, um, yeah, uh, I'm very lucky that I have a creative network that is really broad in terms of the people that it involves and also really niche in that like I have these people who know what I am going through as an indigenous per person working in the fine arts world and there aren't that many of us and so um yeah I feel really <laughs> that's probably the only thing that has kept me sane is my my creative network and I'm blessed to have them and tap them whenever whenever I possibly can <laughs> That's that's great, and it's you know I've been working with um, one of my one of my friends here, and we had this conversation last week, and we just kept going into a conversation about identity. It just, everything just kept going back to identity, and I think um, even in the conversation I had before, you know, hopping on here with you of it's like how are you connecting with the people you're supposed to be and you know what are you looking for in that network that that tribe if you will and how does that work and you know once you find your people you know whether it be through like growing through that whole like ah oh, this was rough this is a rough four years or coming from a similar place or having similar beliefs you, you you have to keep those things and i've been trying to do my side of it with um just like I recognize like my friends, like, you know, for what I know, my circle of friends, black guys like of my age groups, like, yeah, you know, we kind of just go on our own separate ways. I was like, let's just make a creative monthly meal. We get together, we chit chat and we kind of foster that. And it's like, I can't leave it up to anyone. I just have to be the person that's pushing for it. And it takes that person to really try to foster a network with these like minded mm -hmm. people to have similar values. And, you know trade off on, on these ideas and trade off on like, well, here's a good opportunity for you. I think you should move on. I can connect you with this person. That's what I try to do in like every area that I'm at. Like we've never met, you're in a different side of this country or what have you, but it's like, I dug your work and I was like, let me reach out. And then you said yes. And you know, that's to me, the building the foundation of some larger network. Mm-hmm. I do have so friends true. out there in Portland, by the way. So, you know, just, yeah. nice. I was going to say, I'm actually, I lived in Oregon my entire life until just like two years ago. And now I actually live in Las Vegas, but I do a lot of work in Portland still. So I'm okay. there all of the time anyway. But I was like, if you're ever in town, let me know. I would love Absolutely. to meet you. <laughs> I've never, I've never been to Vegas. I've never been to Vegas. So, well, you know, an I, even more interesting place than Portland. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. I, I, I found this out one time. I don't want, I don't like finding out things at sea. <laughs> I was on a cruise and I just wouldn't stop gambling. And I was like, look, when you find out at sea, you're like, look, I can't get away from it. Even if I wanted to leave. <laughs> and, and You're locked on a boat. <laughs> yes. But then it was lower rent. I was like gambling with quarters. I was like, Rob, I think you got a problem, bro. <laughs> They still got they still got the coin machines down on the old strip here. Just FYI. <laughs> See, look, this is how I, I'm going to have to shut shit down. <laughs> it's just like me living that weekend video. It's just like wearing a red. <laughs> I mean, it's like any everybody's got that something, and, it, and you touch it, and, and you're like, oh no, uh, I probably should stay away from that because it will be too much fun. <laughs> this this is why I won't move. I like I really want to move to New Orleans, right? And this is why I won't because all I'll do is drink and gamble. I should and eat. I will be a thousand pounds in destitute. It would be not good. Uh, so back to back to the questions. I'm just going off on, on a tangent, and this that's that's actually where the real me comes in, not the like interviewer me. I love New Orleans, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> this is great. I mean, as, as an Aquarius, right? It hits me on everything. 
Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. All of the um, sort of exciting things in one place, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, where's the Coke? What are we doing, guys? Like, chill out. <laughs> um, so tell, tell me about um, preparation for having art shown in exhibition or such. Um, maybe in terms of like, how do you prepare yourself mentally? How do you prepare yourself like outside of actually having the art like like put up and such? Like, how do you prepare yourself? Um, you know, I think preparing myself for anything generally that um, requires me to interact with the public is like a lot of just like general preparation mentally, because um, I'm one of those artists who isn't like um, super social needs to be at every gallery opening. I would much rather be in studio working than at a gallery opening. So um, those kinds of things are um, <laughs> expensive energy wise for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I tend to do a lot of mental preparation and then it really, it's just like, I kind of black out and I, and I go to the event or whatever it might be. <laughs> but um Yeah, you know, uh, I think that I was well prepared through art school to talk about my work. So for the most part, like I can kind of just go on autopilot and um, because my work is so much tied to my identity, Mm -hmm. I can talk about, you know, I can talk about it all day and in so many different ways. So I'm used to people asking me questions about it as well. So it's like, you know, it's just kind of like part of the job, part of the gig of being an artist, you know? Yeah. Um, in, in doing this, uh, and I'm sure my man Andrew is going to make fun of me when he because he listens to every episode when he hears this. Rob, you always say you've been podcasting for 13 years. He's like, huh. But, you know, as a person that's been doing it as long, it's, it's kind of a similar vibe where I can just naturally go off into a conversation about, you know, what I do because it's deeply embedded in what I'm about and what I'm interested in. And I can just go on with it. But then on the other side of it, I definitely relate. Um, I've been doing more public facing things recently and I, I've been doing movie reviews and um, movie screenings. And I'm like, I can't be in there with anyone. I, 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 I refuse. It's like to your to your point, like this is costly emotionally and mentally. And it's like, I, I can't just leave. This is kind of my event. But if it turned in terms of just being able to black out, as you were describing, it really just almost on autopilot, like, look, let me run this script real quick of like everything that I say, that's the easy part. But if it's like, hey, just riff and socialize, I got nothing for you. (laughs) I'm terrible at that part. Like, like, I can talk about my art because it's like a thing that's like separate from me in a way. (laughs) But like, um, you know, like uh, being social is, uh, I am uh, neurodivergent. So I have like ADHD as well as I'm on the autism spectrum. And so like most people can't, would never actually know that unless they put me into like a party situation where I'm just like in a corner, really uh, uncomfortable. When I'm one-on-one with somebody, you would never know because um, I don't have that kind of anxiety in those interactions. It's when I'm surrounded by a bunch of people, it's just like, it becomes overwhelming energetically for me. Mm -hmm. And so, and then I'm just like, not able to even enjoy myself, you know? And so (laughs) I need, it has to be the right vibes. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And I I remember I like, I I have like panic attacks, anxiety attacks on occasion, especially around like large groups of people, but it, it is so infrequent. So for instance, I can go out there to LA. Um, I remember not too, too, a couple years back, went to LA. It was a wrestling show. So, right there, you got smells, you got bodies, you got violence. And, uh, and it was probably like five, 6,000 people there at the show. And I'm chill. I'm good because I'm focused <laughs> on the wrestling, right? 
I went to a show, like a music show with a cover band that was maybe 300 people, I immediately had a panic attack. So I can't really figure out the, the so sometimes when it's like, hey, let's go out to this opening. I was like, uh, maybe. Who's there? Who all gonna be there? Do the black thing. Um, <laughs> what is what is the role of of an artist in society? What, what do you what do you deem the role of an artist in society is? Ooh, we have well, we have many roles, and um, it depends on the artist too, right? I, I was actually just thinking about this earlier. It's like um, we've all been sent here to do different things, you know. Um, if you believe in purpose, whether you're religious or spiritual or even agnostic, you might believe in yourself as having a purpose in this life, whether you choose it or you believe that you were born with it. Um, and it's like artists all have very unique purposes. And um, my work as an artist is very different than even the next indigenous artists. Like they um, have a purpose of say, um, keeping a tradition. So many artists that I love and know are traditional artists, like they are wood carvers or weavers. And I am, I'm an artist who is a digital worker. And so, uh, you know, my purpose that I can speak to at least is, um, I see myself as like standing in a gap between the past and the present mm. and um, trying to take things from the past that um, are related to my culture and bring them into the present um, through the like means of visual communication and contemporary visual communication, meaning like digital work, you know, so that people can see native identity represented in a medium that is not necessarily uh, tied to indigeneity, right? Because like people tend to see natives as being in the past. And so um, my responsibility as an indigenous creative who very much recognizes that people don't think that natives exist still. <laughs> so um, a lot of work that I do when I'm even working with the public, another reason I have anxiety about working with the public is that um, I have to actually like, tell people that we still exist like many people in this country think that natives were uh, like annihilated and extinct and um, I even experienced that going to school in the state where my tribe is from in the literal like 20 mile region that my tribe is from and being told that my tribe was extinct while sitting in class, knowing very well that I, it wasn't because I was alive. So it's like, you're, you're like just pointing at yourself like, what? Right here. Right. So purpose for me is very much that thing right there, which is addressing this belief that we were we were literally genocided out of existence. And so um, my work is trying to not be traditional while also recognizing tradition through like using those aesthetics, but putting them into digital, you know, or into fine art painting, which um, has its own sort of like, you know, that's a no, no for natives because we're, we only make primitive art essentially. And so um, I like to cross over into these things that natives aren't supposed to do. And so um, that's my purpose is to sort of, marry those things and bridge that gap 
Yeah, I think we're definitely going to have a conversation after this because the way that you described that, I was just like, yeah, I was like, you're on the same page. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, this primitive work, you know, this is so unrefined. It's like, no, you're wrong. So I got two more questions that I want to key in on um, before I hit you with the rapid fire questions, because the rapid fire questions, I, I like during this part, I establish friendships, right? And then when the then, then when the rap, ruin them. the rapid fire ones that's ruined friendships it's always ruins it's like you're a dickhead it's like oh sorry uh all right i'm getting ready <laughs> all right ramp up uh so let's see um tell me about making trouble um with, with your work like by trouble i'm speaking of like stretching the boundaries of thought belief and you know and change in regard to social matters what do you wish ultimately to accomplish with your work and I think you touched uh, on it. I think you have, but you know, please. No, I love uh, when I read that question, I thought, oh, that's a great question because I, I definitely see myself as that and have always like identified with the troublemaker creatives in history. Those people who are sort of like on the fringes of creativity. And so um, not just native, but all kinds of people. Um, my favorite writer is Hunter S. Thompson. And like, um, you know, it's like he taught me how to question political narratives you know and there's all these ways in which um i as an artist sort of work in that way i love to question politics i used to i used to be far more like pointedly directly political and um you know uh <laughs> over the years have become more nuanced in those things but i've also um realized that there's a, a message in particular that i'm trying to communicate that i think is sort of like underpins a lot of problems that we have generally as a culture like an american culture which is that we see ourselves as separate from nature and because of that separation that we feel or that we believe um it makes all of these problems like climate change, but also like all of these other things that we have, like poor relationships with the earth that are sort of reflected in the way that we extract resources, the way that we colonize spaces, the way that we believe we have the right to take things from the earth without worrying about its replenishment. Like there's all of these beliefs that we have that are actually sort of at the at the uh, foundation of colonization and the colonial mindset, which says like, I can take whatever I want and mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about how that impacts the people around me or the um, the generations that come after me. And so um, the work that I do is very much thinking about those questions. And so um, I like the idea of showing people their connection to the earth and reminding them that they are part of the earth and not separate from it because we can heal that connection because for me as an indigenous person, I know that like that's part of my programming and I'm very lucky and blessed to like know that um, I am directly connected to the earth and like it is it is literally, you know, like keeping me alive and uh, the like non native culture which does not necessarily know that and it's totally for everyone like mm -hmm. natives don't get to just like have a monopoly on that feeling of connectedness it is for everyone and if we could heal that connection we could transform the world and we could transform the way we relate to one another because if we were connected to the earth we'd realize we were connected to each other as well so that is at the basis of all my work is reminding um 
us of our connectedness to each other because then we could you know like topple these shitty ass governments and actually like do something with this world that's far more interesting than what we're doing now so that's the you know the giant utopian goal that motivates me but uh yeah <laughs> rebel rebel i like it um <laughs> uh, so this one actually is kind of funny. This is the last real question I have, but I think it be, it, begin, it begins the trolling question. And it's a good follow-up to that last one. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Uh, well, it would be the motto that sort of underpins all of my work, which is you are the land. Mm -hmm. And so um, all of the work that I do is to remind people of their connection to the land and to remind you and I and everyone else who ever listens to this, that they are the land, like they are direct appendage. And so, um, you know, that connection must be healed in order for us to, you know, sort of heal the connection to everything else. And so that would be my, my neon sign as it were, if I was on Jesus Marrow. So <laughs> nice. Nice. I love it. I love that. I love that reference too. All right. Now you get to not be my friend now because I'm about to hit you with some rapid right. fire questions. I have I have four of them for you, um, and I think I see one of them on your fingers. But we'll, we'll... what are <laughs> three colors that are always on your palette? Hot pink, teal, chartreuse, uh, or neon green, yellow. That sort of in that hue. <laughs> okay, I mean I'm I'm here for that's easy. I'm here for the teal. I've I've thrown on a few teal shirts. Uh, you know, I remember the old um, Arizona Diamondbacks had that joint. I remember the uh, Marlins had that colorway for a while. So, you know, I would always throw on a fitted hat with like, like you know, kind of a, maybe a plaid shirt, but it had that colorway to it. It was very, very flavorful. Nice. It was I was, I was living a rapper <laughs> life. It was it was really weird. Um, in, in in terms of gems, I'd like to use this podcast in one way to maybe illuminate and highlight like things that people don't really know about. And, you know, in, in, in a macro way, in, in indigenous folks are not ex extinct. Uh, so <laughs> who are three indigenous artists that you would recommend listeners check out? Just kind of showing some love to throw it out there. Oh man. I'm like, that's fucked up to ask me to only list three. Um, okay. So God, I'm like, man, I um, now I have to go. Like I'm a curator, so I'm I'm like, whoa, where do I begin? Like, well, or, you, or you can or you can be cheap tough. and say, check out this website that has all of them that oh you gosh. that you've well, curated work for. If you're um if you're on Instagram, uh, there is an account called Illuminative, which usually shares a lot of different indigenous artists. Um, one of my very favorite artists um, of all times, who he's a, a graffiti writer, but also like a, like an artist who does sort of like infographic work and stuff. Um, his Instagram account is in Indian O, but it's Indian as an the letter N D N nice. dot O. Um, and his uh, writer name is O Taze. But um, God, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take a deep breath right now. I feel, I feel like I'm getting like anxiety because I'm going to answer like, and not answer all the people that I love. Cool. Um, there's another person called Deanna bear who is an illustrator that I love. Um, you can find her on Instagram, max quickie, M A X K W I like quickie K W E E dot C O. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, this is what happens when I get under pressure. Wow. You met, you're, I'm like, wow, I feel really bad right now. Um, and then also Stabby Town, um, at Stabby Town on Instagram. Uh, she, her name is Jolene and she's Menominee and she is an embroidery artist who does like crazy portraits of freaking um, uh, like famous native people with embroidery, like, and it's like realistic. Anyway, I could go on forever, but I did name three. So I'm, I'm going to end it there. <laughs> well, well, thank you. I mean, that's, that's a thing, like really to, to show some love and hopefully these folks, I know I'm going to follow uh, these folks, get a few more follows and are able to sell some more work or have some more work on display. So big shout out there. And thank you for doing that. Uh, so I have two more questions. How do you feel about your when you're done with your uh, work, when you're done with something like what's that feeling that comes over you? Is it relief? What is that feeling for you? Um, relief is one thing. Like, uh, I'm learning to celebrate when I finish things because I'm constantly working. So it feels like nothing is ever finished because there's always more to be done. But when I finish a project, like I really try to cele celebrate that stuff now because, um, as artists too, we are constantly like working and burnout is real. So, yeah, when I finish like a big piece or a commission, I like go and get myself a fucking cupcake from the store and like, you know, get myself like maybe a, a freaking bottle of wine or something and just like have a, a celebratory evening and be like, hey, you fucking you just made it through that shit. You know, um, I don't have like a huge supportive family network or anything. So the, the work that I do is very much appreciated by myself and my community more broadly. But like I had to learn to celebrate myself so that. I could even recognize my own value as an artist. So I really recommend that for people, especially creatives, is like learn to celebrate and count your your wins because um, we get we get told no a lot too. So re remembering to celebrate when you actually accomplish something is important as well. That's great. Last last one I have for you: uh, music, podcasts, or audiobooks while you're in the studio. Which one are you listening to? Oh, music for sure. Um, I do listen to podcasts, hmm. uh, but then I like I'll get hmm, pissed off say, or oh, whatever. Oh. So, <laughs> anyway, but um, I love I listen to a lot of instrumental stuff just yeah. because like it's can kind of like let you just zone out or whatever. So uh, my favorite band like of almost all times is the Budos band, and um, they are also the band for Lee Fields, who, um, Lee Fields and the Expressions, if you don't know them or listen to them, you should, because, like, Lee Fields is a freaking living legend, but the musicians for that band are also just incredible musicians, they're, like, old school legit musicians who just like love music and so i love to listen to instrumentals and so i listen to that a lot um i also love fucking like old reggae um you know lovers rock uh ska like the yeah. origin you know so i like listening to stuff that makes me feel good when i'm working and just gets you into the you know the mood of being creative so that's that's pretty much it um, that I have for my real questions and my my rapid fire questions. But I want to invite you to let us know um, where to follow you, where to check out your website, all of that good stuff. And thank you again for coming on to this podcast. This has been great. Oh, I'm honored. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, if you want to see more of my work, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I share most of my my stuff uh, at Art Nerd Forever um, or just type in Steph Littlebird. You can find me that way. 
I'm Steph Littlebird on uh, TikTok as well as you can find me Steph Littlebird on Twitter, but um, Instagram and TikTok are probably the best places to look at my work. So there you have it, folks. Um, I want to again thank Steph Littlebird for coming onto the podcast and I'm saying that there is art in and around your city. Uh, You just got to look for it. Oh,